it doesn't matter what your energy type is, the energy of money doesn't change. So these attachment styles will really give you a lot of insight as to how you are either attracting or repelling. Welcome to Wealthy and Aligned with Human Design, a podcast dedicated to helping you use your energy to attract the energy of money into your life and business. I'm Danielle, a retired registered nurse turned human design expert and mentor. I take time in this podcast to discuss, contemplate, and decode some of the mysteries around our unique energy and around the energy of money. Subscribe to never miss an opportunity to awaken to your true potential and expand your wealth consciousness in life and in business. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wealthy and Aligned by Human Design. And I am just really hoping you all are enjoying this summer weather we're having. I don't know where you all are listening in from, but I am recording this in sunny California, and it is my most favorite time of year where I get to enjoy the sun, the warmth, get to spend extra long days outside in nature. It's just, it's my absolute favorite time of year. And I know that in different parts of the world, it's a different season for you. But for me right now, I'm just really soaking this up. I'm a August birthday. So I'm a Leo sun. And I've just always just really thrived in summertime and where the climate is warm and sunny. So I can just tell that this time of year, is really where things start to energetically come alive for me. And I'm wishing the same for you. I just got finished spending about three days, it felt like longer, but three days at Disneyland. Um, we, I have my son in from Colorado, and we took all the family to Disneyland and Disneyland's California Adventure, and we just, we really did it good there. <laughs> but but we're done. Like we're done after a few days at Disneyland standing in the lines and stuff. They've reopened and they are supposed to be at less capacity, but it did not feel like it was less capacity at all. Uh, still really busy, lots of people. Um, and for, you know, native Southern California girl, crowds at Disneyland are never fun. So I usually like to go during the week where nobody's really there or at least not as many people are there. And boy, that was not the case this year. There is, I guess, a lot of people still not working. And so they're spending their, you know, summer at Disneyland, which who can blame anybody, right? The happiest place on earth. But it really had me thinking, like, wouldn't it be nice if all of us could just take our vacations whenever we wanted to? and not have to worry about like, well, we've got to wait for those two weeks in October because John took it off in September. So I couldn't get the day off and like, come on, like, are we not done with that paradigm of business anymore? I mean, I can't tell you how many times a week I legitimately wake up and think, thank God, I never have to walk in a hospital again for a 12 to 15 to 17 hour shift. I never have to do that again. I know 
how to support myself through my business forever. I mean, that just blows my mind when I really wrap my brain around it. But think about it. What if you could wake up every morning knowing no matter what happens, you could support yourself no matter what? You knew the tools, you knew how to do it, you knew the way to do it, you had all the hows figured out. Like that is legitimately how I feel every day and I don't wake up to an alarm clock. Well, that's not true. I do set my alarm to get up by a certain time so I have, so I have a certain amount of time for my morning routine which includes, you know, an hour and a half of my journaling and hypnotherapy meditative time. And then I head to the gym. I'm very, I'm all about taking care of me and what I need before giving myself to anybody else. And it has served me over and over again. So this time of year, I just think, gosh, what if we all had to wait till certain times of the year to take our vacation? Like not fun. So that's what I teach you how to do in Wealthy and Aligned is finally make this business, this side hustle, this side job or a jobby become your financial stream of income, you know, become something you can count on serving you, you know, and it's just, it's one stream. Yes. But oftentimes the reason we aren't getting started in our business is because of all these things that aren't really the issue. So Step out of your own way. Give yourself the gift of learning to create money through your business so you can support yourself. Apply for Wealthy and Aligned. At the time of this recording, there are four spots open for August. And I am restructuring the program, not a ton, but the price will be restructured and the amount of time will be restructured after September. So we are moving forward pretty quickly over here. And if you have been on the fence about this program and you've been watching my Instagram and watching the testimonials come through, or maybe you're in the Facebook group and you're seeing all the success in there and you've just been, I don't know what it might be for you, but maybe holding back for whatever reason, putting your thing out into the world, I implore you. Give yourself the gift of figuring this out for yourself now so that you never have to worry about who's taking what vacation or if your vacation will ever be approved by management or whatever. You deserve to be your management. Okay, so I am fresh back from Disneyland and I wanted to talk a little bit about money attachment styles. Because I did this experiment, I would say, well, it's about a year. So we're, July last year, I started really paying attention to my relationship with money. Because you see all online about how people talk about what is your relationship with the energy of money? And I just always felt like that was so out there. Like, first of all, is money really an energy? And how can I tap into it? And if it's an energy, then why isn't there any books on it? Like I had the hardest time wrapping my brain around how do I make this energy of money come to the energy of me? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, how does it apply to me? How can I get more of it? 
And what I really started to find out was legitimately money is an energetic that you either attract or repel. And the way we attract it is based on how we react around it or don't react around it. And I think that's so interesting because I also do a lot of um, Lacey Phillips to be magnetic hypnotherapy stuff and follow her podcast and her brand quite a bit and have for many years. And what I've learned from her is the energy around manifesting love and manifesting money is very similar. And when I thought about that and I thought, well, how do I break that down for money? Because I really, really, I wasn't, and I still am not like really looking for love. Like I was looking for money, you know, and I thought, well, maybe that whole fact of me looking for it is maybe the issue. You know what I mean? Like you've all heard those stories where people say, well, as soon as I stopped looking for love, it found me. <laughs> we all hear those stories from people and we're like, what the heck? How did that happen for them? <laughs> and how can we, how can we make it happen for us? So I really started to look at my relationship to money and I looked around my patterning and past stuff that I've been through. Um, and then I tried this experiment with moving forward with what I knew to see if it would happen again. And of course, this is universal law because universal law doesn't care how old you are, what color of skin you have, if you're a man or a woman, universal law just works. So I figured that if I mastered the universal law around money, it would just always work for me. And I felt like this aspect of money and the energy of money would really help me learn specifically for my energy type, how to interact with the energy of money. And it cracked the code. So what I'd love to do in this podcast is just go through the different attachment styles that we might find ourselves with money. And then I'm going to give you some ways to look at it ask yourself some questions, get curious around it, and then look at it through the lens of human design. So everything I teach, I want you to be able to apply it to yourself because I'm a manifesting generator, yes, but you listening might be a reflector or a projector. And you're thinking, well, how would this apply to me? Great that it works for the manifesting generator in that way, but how does it apply to me? And what I really want to get clear to you, first of all, is that it doesn't matter what your energy type is, the energy of money doesn't change. So these attachment styles will really give you a lot of insight as to how you are either attracting or repelling. So it doesn't matter what your energy type is or your strategy or your authority. We all have equal energetic relations and ability when it comes to attracting or repelling money. It all works the same. So try to find yourself in this. And if you have specific questions around, you know, well, I'm a projector and I'm a mental projector. So exactly how does this um, apply to me? If you have any of those questions, feel free to reach out, ask me a question. You can email me. Um, you can find all my social media handles in the link 
in the show notes, but feel free, reach out, ask me your personal questions. I will answer them. Okay. So what I thought I'd start with is just the different, um, attachment styles to look for, uh, when we are trying to get curious around how we actually attract or repel money because our energetic relationship to money, like I've I said, is really directly related to how we feel in partnership, romantic partnership, which is so odd and strange. But if you think about it, as humans, we all need love. It is our birthright to have relationships with other humans. That's like what we came here to do is experience physical, uh, physical humanity through relationship. And it's a birthright to have a relationship, to be in partnership with somebody that is somebody we trust, love, honor, respect, and who does the same for us. And so when we look at it in the, through the lens of money, it's the same thing. Money is a birthright. You know, there's plenty of people to go around for everyone to have a partner and there is plenty of money to go around. So be, it's related energetically because it's a birthright. We all get to have as much as we want. It's our choice to, to get as much as we want, have as much as we want, and understand that the money truly flows through people. It doesn't come from people. Okay, I want to say that again. Money flows through people, not from people. So if you are still thinking that every call you get on that is a sales call or um, every time somebody's handing you money or, or like you have, here's a good one. People will tell me this all the time. I have trouble with my prices because I'm putting a price tag on what I offer and I feel guilty doing that. If you're still thinking about sales in that way, you obviously do not believe that money comes through people. You still believe money comes from people and that you're actually taking money from people when you're offering them a solution to their problem. So that's a whole nother podcast, which I've done multiple episodes that touch on that. You can listen to those through the link. There are podcasts up everywhere. But for this podcast, let's look at your specific attachment style to money through the lens of attachment styles, honestly, from the book Attached. So this book Attached, I when I, re, when I clued into, oh, money is the same as relationships, let me go look back at all my books that I've read on relationships and find the book that I thought, hmm, this really gave me a lot of insight. One of them was The Five Lung Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and another one was uh, Attached, and that is written by Amar Levine and Rachel Heller. Um, that book you can grab anywhere. It really does help explain the attachment styles and they go into a bunch of different attachment styles here. I'm going to keep it to three main attachment styles um, and just find yourself here. This will heal a lot of your stuff around money. And honestly, it just gives you a lot of insight like, oh, this is how I've been doing it all along. The first one I'll talk about is the anxious attached style. And this really comes from being obsessed about not money not being readily available for you when you need it. So you're constantly worried about, is it going to be there when I need it? Um, will it go away be before 
I'm able to grab it and use it. Um, and will it ever come again? Like if I spend it, I'll never get it again. So I better hold on to it because I can't trust that releasing it actually makes room for more to come through to me. So I'm going to hold on to it and see how I go through that whole situation, which never works, by the way. Money likes to be in flow. So we either hang on to it because we've got this, you know, scarcity mindset of we don't trust ourselves to bring more in. We spend it right away because we react to suddenly having it and we just spend it and think, oh, okay, thank God it's here when I need it. Oh, I better buy that, you know, $40,000 boat I need because I just made that sale for that house. So now I need to buy that boat because, boy, I really went a few long years without that $40,000 sale. So you make purchases out of desperate, needy, graspy energy uh, based on reactivity, right? We're just, we're all just reactive when we're in an anxious, attached, obsessed mentality around money. So here are some questions to ask yourself when you're looking to see how closely you lean into this anxious attachment style. Does your emotional state depend on if you have money or if you do not have money? Are you sensitive to fluctuations in your income? Okay, this is great because for me, I remember I would literally be in a good mood when I, you know, working as a nurse, there was lots of opportunity for over, overtime. I would be in a good mood, like I had done something really amazing when I booked shifts for time and a half. And I would be upset or dep not really depressed, but just down when I would only get shifts that were, you know, regular paid time. And, you know, now that I look back on that, I think, wow, money really dictated my emotional state. I would, I remember feeling, you know, down if, if I looked at my debt, I'd be like, oh, that's a mountain. I'll never be able to figure that out. I don't know what to do about it. It would, it would cloud my brain, you know? And so what I found was I was really anxiously attached. Uh, here's, here's another question. Do you feel insecurity around money and need it to make you feel worthy and complete? And here's another one. Are you preoccupied with it? Guys, your money in a healthy state of attachment shouldn't be something we obsess about. In a healthy state of attachment, we are really just secure, which I'll talk about in a few minutes, but we trust that it's going to show up when we need it to. I'll also tell you a really cool story about how I became secure, but let me go to the next one. The next one is avoidant. So avoiding, you know, your money as an attachment style looks a lot like dissociating from your money. So because it has triggered you into states of, you know, maybe depression or anxiety, you've decided that instead of becoming reactive around it, you're just not going to react at all. So in order to not react, you avoid looking at it. And so you don't really know what your situation is. You know, um, this can look like uh, a woman who depends on her husband or her partner to manage all the money, take care of all the money, um, and pay all the bills on time. 
and make sure that the family is taken care of. Guys, okay, I found myself in, in all of these attachment styles, by the way. Um, when I was divorcing my ex-husband, I remember he had taken all of our finances under his wing. That was just his job. Now, we we both agreed on it. Like I had done money up for a certain part of our marriage, and then the last part of our marriage, he had decided to do that. But I officially withdrew my attention when I took my hands off the wheel there. And even though there was, you know, an, an agreement, we both made this agreement, that is never the healthy way to do it. Like if, if I could go back, what I would do is, all right, yeah, that's your job that as a family, there are certain jobs we all do. We're both deciding this is now your job to do. You're going to pay the bills you're going to pay down the debt. You're going to pay, you know, everything that needs to be paid. But every month we need to come back together and we need to look at these goals we've set as a partnership and see if we're still meeting them. And no, man, I was out. I was totally avoidant. I was like, whew, thank God you've got that covered. So now I can go off and do all the other crap I was doing, which at the time, you know, it was just crazy mayhem in my life energetically, physically, emotionally. But that's why I didn't want to deal with the money was because I had other things that were keeping me busy and keeping me distracted. And money just felt like, oh, that's just an inconvenience. I don't even want to look at it. It bothers me every time I look at it. So I don't want to look at it. And that's really, really not the way to be treating your relationship with money. Because if you're going to avoid it, and not put time and energy and effort into figuring it out, looking at it, seeing what it needs, then you're going to create it an energetic of it's not going to be there. It's going to avoid you too. You know, and back up to the anxious attached uh, style, it's really interesting because as my nervous system calmed down around money, I noticed I was no longer making reactive purchasing decisions or reactive decisions around money ev ever. Like even with my vacations, we just gone on a couple of vacations this year already. And none of those decisions were made. Those were a lot of money I've, I've put out for more money than I ever have in my life, put out for vacations. And none of them were from a reactive place. All of them were from a secure place. Like, yes, this is what we do. We take vacations. You know, we, we stay in nice hotels. We, this is just how we're supported when we decide to spend time together as a family. We go and enjoy new areas of the world. Well, for us, United States, but you know what I'm saying? So it's really interesting when you take yourself and put yourself in this position. So here's a question to ask yourself around avoidant attachment style. Do you avoid looking at the money you have coming in and going out? Do you leave it up to fate or coincidence to provide you with financial resources? Ah, that's a big one, especially in the, for lack of a better word, woo-woo or spiritual community. We have bought into this magical thinking mentality that makes us think law of attraction just gives us what we think. So if we just think good thoughts and wealthy thoughts, we're going to be wealthy and that is not the way it happens. And it is our job to take full responsibility, full power 
into our own hands before money rewards us with hanging around. Another thing to look at is do you leave it up to other people to provide you with the financial resources you need? You know, and I see this actually quite a bit as we get older. If we haven't started questioning the old paradigm of business, which is still very alive and well right now, but if we haven't started to question it, the older we get, the harder it is to question. Our brains just don't want to go there. And I see this with people who are maybe taking disability or on government assistance, especially since 2020, where they're like, well, but I can't make over a certain amount because then the government will fill in the blank, okay? Or even if you are in a certain income bracket and you want to avoid paying a certain tax, like I need to avoid making this much money because the government will tax me a higher percentage, okay? I am never worried about how much money I make or bring in at all when it comes to thinking about what I'm going to get taxed or what the government may or may not say. Because the fact is, that's a good problem to have. If I'm all of a sudden making the kind of money that it takes to make to be taxed 50% of my income, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you for allowing me to have that kind of support where now I have to go out and find reasons to spend money and make it business expenses. You know, that's one thing that the rich, the wealthy people in the world really understand when it comes to money is they know that having your own business is the way around the tax government um, way of life. Like, and I'm not saying it, do it so you can get away with anything. It's more fun to live your life, sure, paying your taxes, but spending your money, guys. Like most of my vacations this year have been write-offs. Most of my time away have been write-offs because you learn how to make it to where your business, your money supports you. Again, I teach you all of this in Wealthy and Aligned, and I want to bring as many women as possible with me on this journey because it is so much easier and attainable than you think it is. Quite honestly, though, I needed mentors. I needed help to get me there because I was so in my own way in the beginning. And a lot of it was I just didn't trust myself. I just, I knew all about my human design guys. I had done all the studying, all the learning, but I really just didn't know from moment to moment what was going to happen. It was like all new for me. Now that I've gone through it and I've guided other people through it, now I know, okay, it works. It never doesn't work. There's never a time it doesn't work. Now I'm good. But man, those first few months were hairy for me. It was very, very scary. Okay, finally, the third attachment style, secure. This is where you trust that money is there and will always be there when you need it to be there. So this is a really difficult one for everyone to wrap their brain around because we've been raised believing money comes from hard work, money comes from an education, money comes from other people. When we make money, we take money from other people. There's not enough money to go around, blah, blah, blah. You guys, there are so many money beliefs that I can't name them all on this podcast. But I'll tell you a secret. If you are not 
living the financial life you want to live, you have money beliefs that are not truth. So we're all there. You're not special. Everyone has them. And your only job is in recognizing where you are most triggered around money so that you can get an idea of which attachment style you have so that you can work on healing it. A question around the secure attachment style is one of my favorites. Like, and I ask myself this question at least once a month, if not more, do you enjoy your money without becoming overly worried about when it will come next or when you will need to spend it? That is the bomb question right there. Like write that question down in your journal and just let your brain go crazy on that one. Do you enjoy your money without being overly worried about when it will come next or when you will need to spend it? One of the biggest things that happens to everyone that comes into Wealthy and Aligned is they, you know, they come in, they invest in themselves. They're all excited. There's, there's a definite shift in energy as soon as someone invests and says yes and they start this journey within a few days to a week, something happens to shake your energetic frequency, which is like you get hit with a bill or something, you know, breaks in your house and you need to buy a new refrigerator, something like that. Something comes up to just test your vibrational alignment. And it's a good thing these clients have had me as a guide because I always say, okay, and this is the universe testing you to see, are you still committed to this process? Because you, your nervous system has to go through an up-level process. And sitting around and worrying about, I've got to you know, buy a new refrigerator because this one went out. And even the food, I just went grocery shopping and there's $300 of groceries that was just ruined. And on top of that, I have a $1,000 refrigerator that I need to buy. And so there's this big expense, right? Right after I just invested in figuring this money thing out for my business. Ah, this is really going to set me back. Instead of getting caught up worrying about that and dreading it and overanalyzing all that stuff and thinking even worse, thinking this must not be meant for me. We have to just look at this and say, ah, this is what happens when I'm going to up level. And I knew I would get triggered in one way. This must be my trigger. Thank you, universe. Here's the money for the new refrigerator. Here's all new groceries for my family. And I'm still committed to figuring this thing out. How you're tested all depends on where your level of self-worth is, but just you have to look at it as, oh, this is expected. Like this is just what happens when I up-level myself and my vibration. So looking at where you, this is so good too. This is a really good you guys tell me if you do this and believe me, I will not judge you because I did this up until I'd say about not even that long ago, maybe nine months ago. So it's not like I've been living this way for years. Okay. Do you drive around to all the gas stations just so you can find gas at 10 cents cheaper than where it is uh, down the street from you? That is anxious attachment style to money. You're more worried about saving six cents a gallon 
than how much time it takes you to search for the gas station, maybe even wait at line at the gas station. I know around here it's Costco gas. And so there are literal lines down the street, especially lately, because I guess there's been an increase in gas prices. But can I just tell you, I don't even care if gas goes up. It doesn't, it's not a, a thought in my mind. It's not something that bothers me, makes me think about anything. No, I want to go to the gas station that honors my time the most. So I go to gas stations that I know their pump works amazing and I get in and out of there as quick as I can. So the lines aren't long. They've got very convenient way of paying at the, the pump and I'm out of there. And that is exactly what I teach my clients is like, this is the mindset you have to do. And that for a lot of people is really hard or, you know, maybe you're the couponer. And so you won't buy, you know, you won't buy brand name Coke because there wasn't a 30% off coupon for it. So you'll buy the off brand Coke. I don't even know what off brand Coke would be called, but if, if you did, you would buy, you know, oh, here, Mr. Pibb, you'll buy Mr. Pibb instead of Dr. Pepper because it's, you know, six cents less for a six pack. Guys, that's scarcity. And, you know, congratulations to Mr. Pibb because they figured out some marketing there. But it's not how we need to look at money, especially if we've had a long history of anxious attachment with it. We don't trust that it's going to be there when we need it. We don't believe the universe has our back. We don't believe that we are abundant as a birthright. You know, society has made us think that we have an issue, that we aren't abundant as a birthright. We've got to earn money. We've got to be good enough for money to want to come around us. And that really is not the case. So if you're on an income roller coaster, or maybe you find yourself in one of these attachment styles, reach out to me. Let me know what's going on. Let's see if Wealthy and Aligned can help you. Um, one of the biggest things that my clients say coming out of this is it really does shift how they look at the energy of money. And like I said at the beginning, it's not about your energy type. It's around your anxiety and your reaction to money. And when we get clear on your patterning around, okay, this, this makes you feel this kind of anxiety, or this makes you spend in this way, or this makes you not look at your money or not want anything to do to your, with your money, then we can really get clear on how you can start attracting it more regularly and stop repelling it. Because you will see that income roller coaster if you don't deal with your attachment style to money. So this is how I tell all my clients. It's actually in one of my modules in the high frequency formula. So I'm going to give it to you here. Go watch that movie Ocean's Eleven. Okay. And watch George Clooney's character. He is literally a bank robber. And he is planning the biggest heist for I think it's Caesar's Palace ever to be done in history. The guy walks around like it is done. Like, yep, that's just what I do. I rob Caesar's palace of, I forget how many millions, and that's what I do. And it all works out great. Even when it hits the fan, even when there are problems, even when he, there's stuff that happens throughout the movie where you're thinking, oh, this is definitely not going to work out for him. He's, he's caught, he's lost it. Oh, now there's a girl involved. Like you watch this movie from the perspective of emotionally regulated around money, and you will get a lot of insight on how you 
are either not regulated around your money or regulated around your money because we all have different times of the year maybe or different expenses or income goals that trigger us. We all have it. So just get curious with yourself and just allow your subconscious to give you answers around this because the next time that that big bill comes in, I challenge you to see it through the lens of energetics and not somebody doing something to you. You know, am I just going to take it with grace? All right. I see that. I see what's happening here. I must be up leveling in some way and I'm needing to just show that I'm not reacting to this and send that money over. This happens to me quite a bit. And I always, it used to happen through the way of bills. It doesn't happen through the way of bills much anymore. But in the beginning, when I was up leveling, it would always be a random bill. And as I kept up leveling, it would be more and more uncomfortable to pay it until finally that went away. So these tests go away, but that saying new level, new devil is really true because you've passed that level of vibrational alignment, right? And then as you're going to up level, maybe you're going to raise your prices. Maybe you're, you know, restructuring your business model. Maybe you're, you know, pulling yourself out of the business and putting more responsibility on team members. All of that will bring in a new uh, vibrational alignment for you and you'll get tested in those areas. So you always need support. You cannot do this alone because if you could, we all would be there. (laughs) We all would be there. All right, my friends, I'm going to close it here. I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Would you do me a huge favor and share this episode onto your stories, onto your social media platforms? I have got to get this message out to more and more women. There is a level of abundance that we have got to tap into as women so we can start putting our dreams, our messages, our missions out into the world and create massive impact And we have got to get money in the hands of soul-aligned women entrepreneurs so that we can do that and we can do it quicker and more successfully. Okay, guys, until next week, stay healthy, wealthy, and aligned. Thank you for listening. And if you know someone who could benefit from using human design and universal law in their life, it would mean the world to me if you would take just a few seconds and share this podcast with them. It allows me to reach even more people with the message that abundance is our birthright. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to help get money in the hands of soul-aligned entrepreneurs. When soul-aligned entrepreneurs make money, we change the world in massive ways.